0: Good evening, and welcome to the Spirit and Life Bible Study. My name is Jonathan. Our reader is Kara tonight, and our topic is Clear Shining After Rain. Now, by a stunning coincidence, I've just released an album by this name. Um, But our topic, even more exciting than my new album, is 2 Samuel 23, verses 3 and 4, which this quote is from. So that's what we'll be talking about tonight. I'll talk a little bit about the album late late in the day, tell you where you can get it if you wish to. Uh, but the scripture is so amazing. When I was looking into it, uh, Swedenborg often doesn't talk much about, uh, it, it's frustrating for people who work a lot with the historical books, Joshua, Judges, First and Second Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, uh, Chronicles, and so forth, because Swedenborg doesn't talk about a lot of the major stories in there. You know, David and Goliath, and, you know, there's all these stories back there that, Ahab and Jezebel, that he doesn't say much about. But this particular scripture, Clear Shining After Rain, he mentions 17 times in seven different of his volumes. He loves this one. This one's exciting to him. So it was fun to be able to see what he has to say about it. And so we'll be exploring that. I invite you to join me on that journey, good friends. Let's open with a prayer. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you are the one God of heaven and earth. We thank you, Lord, for bowing the heavens and coming down. You are the word made flesh. We pray for your presence among us. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our minds and hearts that we may see who you are and what it is you would have us learn about yourself. Amen. Amen. Thank you, good friends. So good to be with you. Sending love to those of you who are watching online and getting the audio podcast. It's a great pleasure to be with you. Uh, I would like to turn immediately, if we could, to Second Samuel and have a look at this quote right off the bat. So if you go to the left-hand side, the Genesis of your Bible, and go through the five books of Moses through Joshua and Judges into First and 2 Samuel, we're at the end of 2 Samuel, Second Samuel chapter 23, and the context is very interesting. You know, it, we, we all have this sense that last words can be significant, you know, the, the last thing that you say, and this is talking about the last words of King David, who is this amazing figure in, in the Old Testament, uh, such an amazing leader. He didn't do everything exactly right. Uh, But here are his last words. So let's pick up at the beginning of 2 Samuel 23.
1: Now these are the last words of David. Thus says David, the son of Jesse. Thus says the man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob and the sweet psalmist of Israel. Mm,
0: He's the author of so many (laughs) psalms. and That's right. And so here's what he says.
1: The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me. Now,
0: I want to hit pause right there. Isn't that interesting that he would literally say right here, it wasn't me. You know, I, I didn't write that. What Part of what was amazing about David was that he was both a very powerful military leader. He was also very effective. He united the country. He was able to bring people together. He was very uh, appealing to... The sort of ruffians and people, you know, he, he started out. Those were his early followers were all these these people who didn't really fit in with society. And then he uh, made his way up through the ranks and got friends with everybody. But he was also musical. He played. He wrote um, the Psalms. And uh, so the sweet psalmist of Israel. And what he says of the work that he did is the spirit of the Lord spoke by me. That's who you know, that's where this came from. So that's cool right there. So we could quit there, but let's keep going.
1: The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and His word was on my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spoke to me. Mm. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God.
0: Okay, now David had ruled over people. So here David's hearing something from God about what... A good ruler, you know, it'd be better if this was a little more applicable to the political season that's going on in the U.S. I, you know, uh, how we have to choose somebody who's like this, right? It says this is what people who rule must be like. They must be just ruling in the fear of God. And what will this person be like?
1: And he shall be like the light of the morning when the sun rises, mm. a morning without clouds like the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain.
0: Very, very interesting. So here's this beautiful statement, and we'll look more closely at this as we go along. He'll be like the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. And then what's the very next thing that he says?
1: Although my house is not so with God.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's not the way I am. That's not the way. We, but it's a, it's a nice vision. So it's, it's humble of him to admit, you know, it wasn't really totally that way, you know, have, have to admit. Uh, my house was, was not that way, but uh, this is the way God said it should be. You know, this is how it should be. And uh, so that imagery in verse 4 there is very much about how uh, this ruler has to be like the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds. So this is a very clear, you can picture it, can't you? A clear morning where the sun comes up, a morning without clouds. And then it says, like the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. So implied in this is that there was a state of darkness, there was a state of night that came before this, and there was rain. But now the Sun has come up and the 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 tender grass is springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. So that clear shining after rain, the tender grass coming out of the earth by clear shining after rain, if you see it's sort of a chain of causes, like there's rain, it's a little formula, rain Followed by clear shining equals tender grass, right? It's tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. So it goes rain, clear shining, then, then you get the grass. Um, <clears throat> my brother and sister-in-law live out in Davis, California, and uh, they have a lot of agricultural, um, you know, it, it's a place where they study ar- agriculture a lot out there at UC Davis, uh, because it's like the Garden of Eden. It's this amazing place. And what happens there is that, as I understand it, is for a couple of months in the winter, they get a lot of rain. It's like a soaking rain. This mist comes off the ocean. And then at some point there, pretty early on compared to around here on the East Coast, uh, the sun just comes out and just blasts for like months. And I saw cherries out there, they're huge, you know, lemons like this, you know, just enormous uh, produce because of this combination of the rain followed by the clear shining, you know, it's just a growth formula, you know, when, when you get all that water there as a resource and then you get the sun afterwards, boom, it, it creates this tremendous, um, tremendous life. It's a little hard to understand quite though how this relates to uh, leadership and government and so on, you know. What does that mean that someone's supposed to be like grass or something like, what's that talking about? What Swedenborg explains in these 17 times that he looks at this passage is he uh, universally takes the he to be not just any old ruler, but it's the Lord in his second coming. Of course, it's like duh, you know. Of course, like. Human beings are not, you know, David says right there, well, it's not like, you know, my house isn't that way, you know, like we, we, uh, David made a few little mistakes and so on. Uh, this is what the Lord is going to be like, the Lord in his second coming. And, you know, all through Scripture, Jesus is referred to as David. You know, when he's born, the angels announce him as the the son of David, you know, this kind of thing. It's all in the city of David and so on. Uh uh, the, he, all through the Psalms and the prophets, uh, Jesus is referred to as David or the son of David or the, the root of Jesse, things like this. Jesse was David's father. Uh, so when you think of it as the Lord coming back into this world, so the Lord's here in this world, he died on the cross and so forth. And then the idea is he's coming back. And so the way Swedenborg reads this is that this is about what it's going to be like when the Lord comes back. That the Lord will be like the light of the morning uh, when the sun rises. So the morning is a time; ty- a new, so everything's new in the morning. When the sun rises, which is a clearer vision of the Lord, you know, things, things get clear. And then it says a morning without clouds. Now it's very interesting that in other scriptures, in Matthew 24 and many other places, it says the Lord's going to come again in the clouds, Or in Revelation, it says with the clouds, you know, that he's going to come in the clouds with power and great glory. Uh, But here it's an image of without clouds, without clouds. It'll be this, this clear sunrise. And then like the tender grass, what is that? The tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. What is that rain? One thing that it made me think of, we did a Bible study a number of years ago about it's interesting that very often when the topic of the second coming comes up in the New Testament, as in Matthew 24, as in Revelation uh, chapter 1 there and and different places, it often says all the tribes of the earth will wail. They'll they'll be crying, they'll they'll be mourning and so forth. It's interesting that there's a mourning or a grief that's associated with the Lord's return. You would think it would just be joy, you know, but there's all, all you know. Every eye shall see him, even those who pierced him, and, and all the tribes of the earth shall mourn. This kind of thing is that related to this rain? There's going to be rain, then there's going to be sun, and then there's going to be tender grass springing out of the earth. That that's that's what it's going to be like. What I love about scripture that's so amazing. I mean, you know. The the books of the Bible were written over a period of centuries and centuries and centuries. You know, this part of the book was written, you know, over a thousand years before this part. And uh, it's written often by very, I don't know what else to call them, simple, ordinary folk, you know, shepherds, fishermen, whatever. You know, they're just... They're, they're, they're not rocket scientists or something, you know, they're, they're, they're just writing down what they experienced and everything. And yet, as I hope to show you tonight, the parallels and the perfect echoes and things between one part of this text and another written over thousands of years. Like, man, it, it, you know, if you live to be 1200 and you were just one person writing all that time, You wouldn't get anything nearly this coherent. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's it's beyond human ability to get something this coherent. And I hope to show you what I mean. On the surface of it, scripture looks incoherent all the time from one verse to the next. Uh, But on the inside, it's amazingly coherent. You know, the way the imagery, the imagery of the morning and the clouds and the tender grass, the earth, the clear shining, the rain. You know, these elements come up in different scriptures. And as you who are familiar with the Bible study know, uh, the way I like to read this is go looking for those terms. You can go to BibleGateway.com or uh, get a Young's Concordance or something and look for these different words as they come through scripture and because there'll be a clue sometimes somewhere. You know, somewhere else will tell you something about what that rain is. Uh, let's let's take the rein here. Let's Let's start there since it's, since it's kind of a, a first thing. I want to go to Isaiah 55. So turn to the right. Isaiah is about in the middle of your book. It's the longest thing in there, 66 chapters or one of the longest things. So it should be fairly easy to find. And I want to go to Isaiah chapter 55. Favorite passage of mine, start at verse 8. Seems like we read it every week. It's just I never get tired of it.
1: For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Mm. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts.
0: And then listen to this.
1: For as the rain... Oh,
0: there's the rain. Okay, so there's the rain. Okay, so as the rain.
1: As the rain comes down. Comes down. And the snow from heaven. And do not return there, but water the earth.
0: Oh, they water the earth. So the rain comes down and the snow from heaven. And they don't return there, but they water the earth.
1: And make it bring forth and bud. Oh,
0: well, wait. Isn't that what we're talking about? Like tender grass bringing out, like the rain comes and then it brings forth and bud. We're in the same story. it's, It's got twists on it, but it's similar, isn't it? That the, 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 as the water comes down, it waters the earth, makes it bring forth and bud. And why would it do that? For its own sake? Just, it may, for, just, just for, you know, giggles? Why does it do that?
1: That it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater.
0: Oh, it's got a purpose. The water comes down because if it, it's not, this, it's just, oh, it'll be good for the earth. No, it's trying to give seed to the sower. In other words, it wants to provide people who are sowing with the raw material they need to sow. And bread to the eater, it wants to give food to people who are hungry. It has a purpose. The water, water in and of itself, okay, it's great. We all need it to survive and everything like that. But beyond just being water that you can drink, it wants to give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And then what does he say?
1: As for as all that happens, yes, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth.
0: Oh, the rain equals the word. They just said it, right? Didn't it say, as the rain and the snow comes down from heaven, it does this and that does that and the other thing for this purpose and for that purpose, so shall my word be. His word is rain. Well, that's awesome. Now we know what, you know, like it's a little clue, like, oh, Okay. His word, His truth comes down like the rain. And it doesn't come down just to get us wet or ruin our parade or something. It, it comes down to give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Seed has to do with truth. Bread has to do with love. It, and it, so it's to give. It's, it's an outward giving thing. You know, It's to provide things that weren't there before. That's why it comes out. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth.
1: It shall not return to me void. Yeah, it
0: said the rain doesn't doesn't come down just to sort of go up again. You know, it goes down to do a work. So Mm -hmm. shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth.
1: It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it.
0: Yeah, I send the water for a purpose because it's going to do good things to this earth. It's needed down there. And my word is the same way. You know, in the in the gospels doesn't he liken the word he says very explicitly that the word a sower went out to sow. And he sowed seeds of different kinds and it depends on how receptive the ground was whether it bore fruit or not. And what does he say right after that? So it'll do what I want it to, it'll prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And what might that be?
1: For you shall for, go for you shall go out with joy.
0: Oh, it's to make you happy. You'll go out, you know, that's that's what the purpose of His Word is. Wow, it's amazing. I've spent most of my life being miserable. I didn't realize that's what the Lord was trying to do. Look at that. You shall go out with joy.
1: And be led out with peace. Mm. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. Mm. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Yes, we
0: have no idea what that means. Do go on.
1: Instead of the thorn, there shall come up the sight tree. Okay, Sorry. good. And instead of the briar, oh. shall come up the myrtle tree.
0: Oh, wow. So, okay, so the the apparently this truth that comes down will also have the effect of discouraging the weeds and encouraging the good plants, the useful stuff, right?
1: Hmm. Hmm. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Hmm.
0: Now it's it's steeped in mystery but I think that's really beautiful. So the Lord's word is compared to rain. Let me read one other passage like that. Let's go to Job, so turn to the left. You go through Proverbs and Psalms as you had left. Sorry about all my right and left directions, but you know, don't know how else to say it. Job 29. Isn't that what I want? Yes. Uh Um, Look at 29, verse 23. Uh, Okay. Um, Look at verse, let's go back to, there's a lot of great stuff in here. Let's try in 18 back here. This is Job speaking.
1: Then I said, I shall die in my nest and multiply my days as the sand. My root is spread out to the waters, Mm. and the dew lies all night on my branch. The dew lies
0: all night on my branch. You see what I mean? All these scriptures, they're they're all sort of pointing to the same thing somehow. Go on.
1: My glory is fresh within me, and my bow is renewed in my hand. Mm. Men listened to me and waited and kept silence for my counsel. After my words, they did not speak again, and my speech settled on them as dew.
0: Settled on them as dew. Again, my word is like the rain and the snow that comes down from heaven. My speech, this is Job, you know, what I said settled on people like dew. Go on.
1: They waited for me as for the rain. Oh, and they opened their mouth wide, as for the spring rain.
0: Yeah, listen to that. So, in other words, rain, again, is being likened to truth, to wisdom, to some sort of expression of something that it comes comes like the rain. So, all I'm saying is, you do a little study of the words, you look up rain in different passages and go, oh, there's one that's quite clear, that rain has to do with word and speaking. Now, there's two different kinds of rain. As you probably know, good friends, in Scripture... Almost everything uh, has a dual meaning. So there's a good kind of rain, there's a bad kind of rain. Um, In Matthew 7, in the Sermon on the Mount, when it says that the the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, that's a bad thing. Uh, So there's a bad kind of rain, there's a good kind of rain. The good kind of rain is truth coming down from the Lord. Bad kind of rain is all this falsity, all this bad... uh, teaching flowing up from hell. Uh, that's the bad kind of rain. And and it comes in a flood. You know, the image in Scripture of a flood. So not all rain is good, but the good rain is very clearly has to do with truth and words and, and, and the Lord's word. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. Good fun. Um, all right. Oh, let's go back to uh, Deuteronomy. So it's the fifth book from the beginning in the left-hand side of your Bible. I want to go to Deuteronomy 32. There are all these amazing blessings and curses here. Mm. And uh, here's another one. Here's another one. Look at the beginning of Deuteronomy 32, look at that.
1: Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth.
0: Now, why would he say that? Hear, O earth. Don't you mean people or something? Why would he say, hear, O earth? Isn't it interesting, heavens and earth? It says, give ear, heavens, and I will speak. Hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Is that not like the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain? Like there's, you know, it's not unrelated to it. We'll work some more on some of those images. Look at verse 2.
1: Let my teaching drop as the rain. Oh,
0: teaching equals rain. Is that unclear? Is that, oh, that's too obscure. I don't know what you mean. Oh, it's right there. Go on.
1: My speech, distill as the dew. Look as, at that. As Just ra- like Job said. Now,
0: these are things that were written thousands of years apart. You know, it's amazing, or at least hundreds of years. You know, it's amazing that they're using this language in the same way. Do they even realize they're doing it, you know? Or was it above their pay grade and they just think, well, I'm picturing rain, so I'll write the word rain. You know, they, they don't know why they're saying it. Go on.
1: Uh, my speech distill as the dew as raindrops on the tender herb. On the what? Tender herb. Oh, the
0: tender herb. Oh, I see. Tender herb. Huh. We had some tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. In this. Planet. Okay, so we got tender herb. And, and the what, what
1: showers else? on the grass.
0: Oh, the showers on the grass. See? Now, it's all meaningless, you know. No, it's not meaningless. Uh, Look at all the meaning in there. It's amazing. We can't tell what it is, but there's a pattern. You see what I mean? It's more exquisite than you could have possibly written yourself without the inspiration of God, you know. And so he goes on and he talks about God. Look at in verse 4. I don't know if you remember from what we read at the beginning, but it says that God is the rock, doesn't it? Right there in verse 4. And didn't David say, the gods of Israel spoke... The rock of Israel said to me, you know, describe him as a rock. So what are these rocks doing hanging around with rain and tender grass? You know, they're all, I mean, you could say, oh, it's just a coincidence. But it, it, it keeps happening. There's, there's something in here. And uh, so, uh, all right, good, that's excellent. Um, let's look at the Psalms, shall we? Go to the middle of your Bible. A few more rain passages here. Let's go to Psalm 72, which is good fun. And, uh, oh, man. Okay. uh, Let's start at the beginning of that. This is a psalm for Solomon by David, the very same person who just said the last words of David, you know, and was talking about the clear shining after rain. Go on.
1: Verse 1, did you say? 72, verse 1. Give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son.
0: These are people who rule.
1: He will judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Mm. The mountains will bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness.
0: This is all symbolic of, of love and truth. Go on.
1: He will bring justice to the poor of the people. He will save the children of the needy and will break in pieces the oppressor.
0: And how long?
1: They shall fear you as long as the sun and moon endure Mm. throughout all generations.
0: Okay, and what will he be like?
1: He shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing, like showers that water the earth.
0: (laughs) You see, I don't know. I like scripture. I'm rather (laughs) fond of it. It's growing on me. Uh, look at that here's david and he's talking about the rain now the phrase clear shining after rain never occurs anywhere else in scripture you can't just you know even though a lot of things uh, in second samuel 22 is copied entirely in another psalm uh, and a lot of things from first and second samuel and first and second kings are copied in the chronicles uh, but but not this particular phrase but here you get something very similar he shall come down like rain Upon the grass before it is mown, is that what you said?
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: showers that water the earth. Okay, go on. Next verse.
1: In his days the righteous shall flourish, an abundance of peace, until the moon is no more.
0: Until the moon is no more. And it's just the whole thing is an absolutely wonderful um, story. It's uh, You look at all in verse 11, all the kings shall fall down before him, all nations shall serve him. He's going to help the needy and the poor and all that kind of good stuff. And look at verse seventeen.
1: His name shall endure forever; his name shall continue as long as the sun.
0: See, we're we're talking about the Lord again here. You know, this is the Lord coming back into the world.
1: And the men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Mm. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. Yes. And blessed be his glorious name forever. Forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. The
0: earth, the earth, tender grass springing out of the earth. Let the whole earth, doesn't even mention the heaven there. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. What does it say?
1: Amen and amen.
0: And then a little tag on the end.
1: The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended.
0: Yeah, Psalm 72. That's the last of the prayers of David. Uh, so um, let the whole earth be filled with His glory. So I don't know if I'm getting my point across, but when you see these similar passages, they, you know, when you start to read, okay, the rain is going to be truth. It's truth from the Word. It's coming down. It has a purpose. It wants to do something. Um, you try to piece these things together by looking back and forth. Uh, turn to the right uh, let's go back to Isaiah, chapter 5. Hmm. This, is, this, is a ba- this is a bad situation here. It's talking about uh, when the Lord's vineyard fails him. Then he says in verse 6,
1: I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned or dug, but there shall come up briars and thorns. Wait a minute.
0: We were just told that your briars, you know, that'll turn into a cypress and the thorns will, you know, it'll be replaced. Well, now this is going the other way. If they don't obey, then there is going to be briars and thorns.
1: I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain on it.
0: Now, it sounds like the Lord's just going to say, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut off your rain. But what he's really talking about is that when you are in that state, you know, when you have that evil stuff in your heart and false stuff in your mind, then you don't receive any rain. The rain is about how you receive it. Are you receptive or not? And when there's not a receptive state, then there's no rain. When there is a receptive state, then there is rain. Uh, while we're here, I just want to read another passage. I was going to read it later, but let's look at verse uh, chapter four. And I want to start at what's that? In Isaiah. That's right. Isaiah. Isaiah chapter four. Let's start at verse three.
1: And it shall come to pass that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Mm everyone who is recorded among the living in Jerusalem. When will that be? When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the blood of Jerusalem from her midst Mm. by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. Mm.
0: Judgment having to do with truth, burning having to do with love uh, and zeal and so on. And that, that, that... The filth and the blood has to do with getting rid of that evil and that falsity, taking that out of people. And then what will happen?
1: Then the the Lord will create above every dwelling place of Mount Zion and above her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory there shall be a covering. A
0: covering over all the glory. So there's glory again. And look at that. What is this like? You, if you're familiar with the children of Israel wandering through the wilderness, they had a pillar of fire by night and cloud by day. So this is not saying there'll just be one pillar of cloud and fire over every dwelling. Everybody's house will have the fire and the cloud. Everybody's, everybody's house will have that. And what does it say? A cloud and smoke by day and what?
1: The shining,
0: shining by clear shining after rain. It doesn't just say that there will be a flaming fire, but it's the shining of a flaming fire. I have no idea what it means, but it's amazing, isn't it? The (laughs) shining of a flaming fire by night, and for over all the glory, there shall be a covering, a very, very important teaching. Let's go on and read that last verse of that short chapter.
1: And there will be a tabernacle for shade in the daytime from the heat.
0: Oh, shade from the heat. So there heat, often heat's a good thing. Here heat is a bad thing. You want to be shaded from it, so it's a bad kind of heat. Go on.
1: For a place of refuge and for a shelter from storm and rain. Oh,
0: bad kind of rain, right? You want a shelter from the bad kind of rain and from the bad kind of storm. Wow, it's really amazing. And uh, look at Isaiah 59, because there's just an important point in here that relates to this. Um, Verses 1 and 2, I love this phrase in verse 1, comes to mind a lot. 59, 1 and 2.
1: 59
0: in Isaiah.
1: Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, Hmm. nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear.
0: Yeah, he's up up for the task, yep. So what is the problem?
1: But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear.
0: Well, that's very clear, isn't it? It's not like the Lord just says, look, I'm going to stop the rain. No, it's really our fault. Our sins have hid his face. And can you see that the, it, it says when Jesus is transfigured that his face was shining like the sun? It says that several times. So hiding his face. You see the, the clear shining after rain is like an image that you start to see the Lord as he is. And when we're in that other state before that, then our sins hide that. We can't see it. We're in the dark, right? It was night. It was dark. And then the rain came. And then there was morning and we could see the sun. So that's the basic story that we're talking about here. Okay, um, that's a little too much fun, but we have to do two more. Uh, Go through Jeremiah and get to Ezekiel. You go through Lamentations real quick. I want to go to Ezekiel chapter 1, headed to the right. And uh, this is about the appearance of the Lord. Ezekiel sees the Lord in just magnificent splendor. And let's read verse 28.
1: Like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. On a
0: rainy day. On a rainy day. The cloud, a morning without clouds, tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. See, you, you keep coming back to these same images. So here's a cloud in the day of rain. Now this is a day of rain, not a night of rain. And there's a rainbow. Okay, go on.
1: So was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. The
0: glory of the Lord. Over all the glory, there should be a covering. So that's what the cloud is, the covering. And then the glory of the Lord is in the cloud. And and Ezekiel, when he saw it, he fell on his face, of course. Uh, We've read about that a lot. And uh, turn to the right. And I think what I'd like you to do is turn all the way to Matthew, get to the New Testament, and then we'll hit reverse and we'll go back to to Zechariah. So you go through Malachi back to Zechariah, chapter 10, verse 1. Here's another one, you know. You just find these when you look for rain. There's are line there in the Word, you know.
1: Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds.
0: Flashing clouds.
1: He will Would give... you say
0: they were shining? <laughs> uh, it's interesting. They're flashing clouds. Okay.
1: He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone.
0: Grass in the field for everyone. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I, it's just amazing. Like these are different human beings writing at different times for different reasons. And yet it's as if you just threw the same words in a blender and they, and they come out in different ways. You know, it's, it's amazing. So here you've got... Ask the Lord for rain. Like this is something we, do, we should pray for. You know, pray for that rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord shall make, what did you say? Flashing clouds. Wow. Now the scripture we've been looking at says a morning without clouds. But this is clouds that have light in them, right? They're, they're the flashing clouds. And give them showers of rain. Grass, what did it say?
1: Grass in the
0: field for everyone. For everyone. You see, give seed to the sower, bread to the eaters for somebody else. Like the water falls on your earth for someone else's sake. You're going to supply food for someone else. My, my daughter and son-in-law live on a farm in upstate New York. And uh, they have told me that when that tender grass springs out of the earth, That's all the animals want to eat. They're not interested in the old stuff or the, you know, you can't persuade them. You have to keep moving them around from one part of the pasture to another because that's just their favorite, the most nourishing, sweet, you know, it's it's got good stuff in it. Uh, That's their favorite thing to eat. Um, So what is that food? What is that food that gets created? Um... All right, we've already looked at some fun passages about Shining as well. Several of them have come up. Uh, let's look at a couple of other. I'll torment you with a few more passages about Shining. Uh, let's go to the middle of your Bible. I want to go back to the Psalms, if you can find that, to the left of Isaiah, and then head to the right into the Proverbs, okay? I want to go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. Oh, It's just too good. Too good. Mm -hmm. Mm.
1: But the path of the just is like the shining sun.
0: Wow. The path of the just is like the shining sun. Clear shining after rain. So the path of the just. So in other words, when you're living a good life, it's like the shining sun. Go on.
1: That shines ever brighter unto the perfect day.
0: Wow. It keeps shining like the morning Like the sun just keeps rising, keeps rising, keeps rising to the perfect day. But what's the opposite of that?
1: The way of the wicked is like darkness. Mm. They do not know what makes them stumble.
0: That's right. So is that clear? So the darkness has to do with not living a good life. The light has to do with living a good life. Right? Isn't that clear? So uh, that's really, really wonderful. And uh, what else do I want to read? Actually, everything else I want to read here, I think, is in the New Testament. Let's go to Matthew. So turn to the right, and we'll go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24. This stuff just makes me flip out. Uh, Matthew 24. So here is the very passage that I was just talking about, where the Lord appears in the clouds. And what does it say right before that? Okay, let's look at verse uh, 26 there. Start at Matthew 24, verse 26.
1: Therefore, if they say to you... And this
0: is about when the Lord comes again. You know, it's about the second coming. And if they say to you...
1: Look, he is in the desert. Do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. Why not? For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west so also will the coming of the Son of Man be.
0: See, this is a light image. Now, the image in 2 Samuel is actually a steadier, you know, it's the clear shining of the sun. But it'll begin with like this flash from the east to the west. We did a whole Bible study on that one night uh, years ago. Let's look at verse 29 just to get that imagery.
1: Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. And the moon will not give its light. Mm. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Mm. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And? And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. They
0: mourn. Odd, huh?
1: And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory.
0: There it is. There's a lot in that phrase. We've dealt with it a lot in other Bible studies. I wanted you to see that. Uh, let's turn to the right and go to the Gospel of Mark. There's so much that could be said about each one of these things, but I wanted to get some of the key images of the clouds, the light, you know. It's just everywhere you look, you've got the, got the same thing happening. Mark chapter 9. This is the transfiguration. When they, Jesus goes up on the mountain and Peter, James, and John go up and they see him transfigured. Let's just read verses 2 and 3 in Mark chapter 9.
1: Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining. Oh, they did what? Shining.
0: Shining. Oh, his clothes. Shining. Clear shining after rain. So his clothes became shining.
1: Exceedingly white, like snow, such as no launderer on earth, can whiten them.
0: That's right. That's right. (laughs) An Amazing statement there. His clothes became shining. His clothes were shining. So they got lifted up and they saw him shining, clear shining after rain. Okay, let's hold that image in our hearts. Go to Luke chapter 2. So turn to the right. Get Luke 2. I already alluded to this, but look at verses 8. And nine, very familiar to you, I imagine, from the Christmas story.
1: Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night.
0: By night. It's night,
1: it's dark. And then what happens? And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid.
0: Yep, look at that. See, the other people burst into tears. These people got terrified. You know, it's interesting what happens when the Lord appears. It's not what you would predict. And the angel tells him, you know, fear not and gives them this great news. Isn't that interesting that they're at night and then the glory of the Lord shines around them. You know, it says glory. It says that over all the glory there should be a covering. Now they come out of the night and then, whoa, they're seeing the, the glory. It's like that clear shining after rain. It comes to mind. You can see why. And uh, turn to the right, go through John, get to Acts. I want to go to chapter 26. Mm. So much fun. When Paul, Paul was persecuting Christians, his name was Saul at that time, and And he was persecuting the Christians with everything he's got. He was actually going way out of his way, traveling hundreds of miles to persecute Christians, throw them in prison and and harass them in every way he possibly could. And while he was going out on one of these journeys to harass Christians, the Lord stopped him in his tracks and asked him why he was persecuting him. And look at 26 verse 13 the way it's described here.
1: At midday, O king... Paul is
0: recounting to the king uh, Agrippa what, what happened here.
1: Along the road I saw a light from heaven.
0: A light from heaven.
1: Brighter than the sun.
0: Brighter than the sun.
1: Shining around me. Was it? And those who journeyed with me.
0: It was shining. It was shining around him. Shining around the shepherd, shining around the angels. When Paul gets his call, there's this light is shining around him. So, I don't know how to put it into words, but when you have one little verse that just says, he shall be like the light of the morning. And we haven't even touched on the morning. We haven't talked much about what the earth means. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, but uh, we haven't really looked at tender grass and different, but we've only looked at the clear shining and the rain, you know. But it's amazing, these different passages, um, how, how, many ti- how many stories there are of some shining, of being lifted up and the rain, and either you see the Lord in the cloud or the cloud is bright or the clouds part, and there's the Lord, and there's this shining. Um, It's just amazing how these scriptures talk to each other and how much fun it is to to put them side by side and try to figure out what they're talking about. So this is the way that I've put this together. I've got a graphic here. I'll describe it for those of you getting the audio. Um, I see four stages in here, and I've tried to give some summary of the meaning with a lot of help from Swedenborg. Uh, Number one, you have darkness and night. Number two, you have rain, and that comes from clouds. And the reason I say clouds are involved, obviously they are, but there are scriptures that talk about the clouds, whether the clouds are raining uh, or not, and so on. Often, for obvious reasons, the rain and clouds are associated with each other, but they have a spiritual meaning, the fact that they go together. Then you have rain. You have number three is sun. Number four tender grass springing out of the earth as a result. It makes a lot of physical sense. You get rain, you get that water sitting there in the earth, makes the earth nice soft and moist and has all that material there. But it's not just to make the ground wet, it's to produce something. So then the sun comes out, boom, and all that grass springs up. I, I'm told that in the Holy Land, which is quite desertified now, uh, you, you get this phenomenon, like a day, two, three after, phoom, like it's all green. You know, you get this tender grass springing out of the earth. I've certainly seen the equivalent in the desert southwest with all these little wildflowers that blossom and it's so beautiful. You know, you get that rain, everything just comes leaping up like, ah, oh, it's time to go. You know, we got some some rain to go with the sun. So what does this mean? I've tried to write on the chart in green roughly what I think it means. The darkness in the night is a former state of evil and falsity. And what falsity means to me is like bad teaching. It's also bad thoughts, bad thoughts about yourself, bad thoughts about other people. It's a kind of thing that we suffer from a lot. And didn't it say that the way of the wicked is darkness? That, that's what we read. Like, and we, we may or may not be able to help starting out here, but this is, we start out in this condition where our lives are not right and we're thinking the wrong things and we're sort of stuck in this darkness. Then the rain is actually a very positive thing. Swedenborg says that the rain means reception. And as I study these passages, I can start to see why that would be. Because the rain, you know, it says your sins hide my face from you. Uh, When we've got something that's blocking the way, we're not not receptive. We're not receiving it. That's why so often in the Old Testament, the rain stops when people get evil. When people are good it rains. When they're not, it doesn't. And the rain has to do with, and the Lord says, as my word comes down like the rain, the snow from heaven, and waters the earth, this is the truth coming down. And so this is a function of our becoming receptive and spiritually thirsty for the word. Like we want, We the clouds are the word. Uh, I haven't demonstrated that tonight, but I've done other Bible studies on that that the clouds mean the literal sense of scripture that is often very cloudy, like you don't know what's going on in there. Uh, But there's this amazing light you sometimes see in the clouds there. I think that's what that flashing is. You know, that's the flashing of the light in the word. So the rain is a state where we become receptive and spiritually thirsty, particularly for the word. Now, when it rains, we're not, to my mind, we're not... Seeing the sun yet, we're just receptive like we've had enough, you know? We've had enough of suffering or whatever. We're, we're open. Like, I'm in the market. I want to know what's going on. I'm interested now. You got my attention. Okay, I want to learn something. So you become thirsty. You, you become receptive. Like, the, the fact is, I mean, it says in the New Testament, doesn't it, that the Lord sends his rain on the just and on the unjust. He's always raining down. You know, he's always raining truth down. When we get the rain is when we become ready to to hear the message. We, we get interested. We develop some uh, thirst for that. So that thirst for something from, from the word. Uh, that rain, so it might be dark and cloudy when it rains, but there's something good is happening because now we've, now we've received, now, now we're receptive. Now we're ready for that truth. So now we just get... That truth, right out of the Word, It's said in Isaiah fifty-five that when the rain, you know, the rain comes down from heaven and waters the earth. So there's just one phase is just where it's just watering the earth, but the purpose is to make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Um, uh, there's a stage in which we're just learning stuff. You know, we're, we're, we're thirsty, but we don't know what it is. We're just, okay, I don't know what this is. So, so rain is really in a way like just a kind of a raw material. Like it's going to get used for something at some point. But in the short run, you just, I'm, I'm drinking it in. I don't know what this, I don't know what that is. I'll read this. I'm, I'm just hungry for something. I'm, I'm thirsty. I'm drinking it in. Uh, you're not seeing the Lord yet. You're just, you're just getting thirsty. You're, you're receiving it. But what the rain does is it enables you to see the sun. It's clear shining after rain. The rain leads you to a situation where you start to see the sun. You see the sun in the clouds. You might even get to that point where you see the sun like the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds, like you clearly see the Lord. You know, you see his love and compassion. You know, the clouds are when, well, I think God's angry because it said he's mad and he shuts off the rain. And, you know, there's no those clouds when that parts. And didn't it say that the day is a state of living a good life? Like as we're living a good life, we change our lives around a little bit. We come out of the darkness. We're into Didn't Didn't it say something about that, about the righteous or something, the way they live? is like the shining of the sun or something you said in the Proverbs, something like that. Uh, As we live a good life, then we start to see the sun shining. And particularly where you see it shining is in the inner meaning of Scripture. What I'm always trying to do in this Bible study, in whatever way I can, is to try to get through the clouds and see a little glimpse of the Lord's love and compassion and truth behind there and the sort of marching orders, what we need to do in our lives. You want to glimpse of the Lord. So when it speaks of the Lord, it says, The Son of Man, you'll see the Son of Man. Son of Man means the Lord in the Word. You'll see Him coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. There's that word glory again. That in those clouds, and what is more glorious than seeing the sun in the cloud? You know, it's just so magnificent. It's such wonderful imagery It's seeing the Lord in the inner meaning of Scripture. So the rain comes in, you're just sort of reading what Scripture says. But it's like, I don't know what this is. I'll file it over here, make an aquifer. You know, here, I get some more here. Okay, this will be a pond over here. I don't know, you know, it's just just the truth. Just store it in case I need it later. Uh, But then the sun comes out and boom, now you've got the growth. Now you're getting into growth. And what is this tender grass? What I've written on the bottom of the chart is that the tender grass, according to Swedenborg, means both the reformation of the lower self. The earth is our lower self. It means a couple of different things. It means our lower self. It also means all the good people in this world. They're sort of, you know, the earth. Um, uh, What Swedenborg calls the church, which means sort of all receptive people of all different religions all over the the world. Uh, so both the collective group and the individual, there's a reformation of that. Like it's a very different field when there's tender grass springing out of it than, than when, when there isn't. Uh, so this reforms the lower self. But seed for the sower, bread for the eater. What did it say? It's for everyone. It's a field with the grass for everyone or something like that it said, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not It's not just for you. You know, It's for you to feed someone else. That's the point, right? So it's knowledge, intelligence, and wisdom that develop in you for other people. There are cows out there who are hungry for what you've got, you know? (laughs) That's what the Lord wants to create, is to give you some feed to feed somebody else. The water wants to water the earth to make it bring forth and bud to give seed to the sower, bread to the eater. You know, it's an outward, it's not just, oh, I got what I need. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. You know, that's not what it's about. It's a cycle of being able to give. When you go through this, the Lord takes us from this state of darkness to this state of rain, where we become receptive. You know, when we finally say, oh, all right, okay, whatever, you know. And go ahead and become receptive to what the Lord's trying to teach because we just suffered enough the other way. And then you start to see the Lord and then this tender grass. Now, in the creation story, there are seven days of creation. On the third day, you get grass. On the fourth day, you get sun. It comes the other way around. It's interesting uh, that the sun doesn't appear. Now, how do you get tender grass without the sun? That's something that people who read literally have pondered forever. Like, how, how did that work? You had light on the first day, but you don't get the sun until the fourth day. What's going on? Uh, I think it's a different sequence uh, because the tender grass there, Swedenborg says, means like the repentance. It's the first. You just start being a decent person. You start to be fun to be around and stuff uh, because you're changing your ways. So people can start to nibble on, you know, what the energy you're you're putting out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um uh, but what develops in time is this knowledge, and what Swedenborg means by intelligence, he doesn't mean your IQ. Or, it's really your understanding. How do you understand Scripture? What do you have to offer somebody else? Knowledge, intelligence, and wisdom, which is there for others. So, collectively, what what I think is being taught is that at this time of the second coming. Like there's been Christianity version 1.0 that's been going on for, you know, a couple thousand years, give or take. And uh, at some point, the Lord has this second phase in mind. And it will be, He shall be. It's a, you know, it's a prophecy. He shall be like the light of the morning. It's going to be like the sun rising by clear shining after rain. It's going to be awesome. So we're going through a bumpy ride in the world right now. Uh, there's a lot of insanity going on, torture, terrorism, all that kind of thing. Uh, but there's a bright future that lies ahead. There will be a time when the Lord is so visible. <sighs> Can't miss it. Like that morning without clouds. Like it's no, there's no confusing it. It, it, it. What does it say in Scripture? They shall all know me. No one shall t- teach someone else, say, hey, know the Lord. They shall all know me from the greatest to the least of them. Uh, There will be this amazing knowledge of the Lord that comes and there will be this productivity and people producing good things for each other, that tender grass that's springing up. That's what it'll be like when the Lord is allowed to rule our world. And amazingly, all of this is not a function of the Lord changing. The Lord is the same yesterday, today and forever, says Hebrews. Uh, He doesn't change. We're the ones who have to become receptive. We have the control over the rain. You know, we have to become receptive. Then we start to see the Lord and then our outer selves, even our outer selves become reformed and become something that, that uh, gives, gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater, something good. That's what the Lord's Word wants to do. It wants to take us through this process. And this is why it's so good to, to read Scripture and just at least load the water in. If you're not seeing the sun yet, Just load up on the water because it'll be good. Build up your water table. At some point the sun will come out and stuff will start to grow out of all that you've been accumulating. So I think that's really awesome. And so the short story is that Scripture says that there's a bright future ahead for the human race. It teaches us in numerous different ways. But it's going to be a bumpy ride. There's going to be a night. There's darkness. You know, it's going to be intense. But people will become receptive They'll get tired of the insanity that's going on. They'll turn toward the Lord, and you'll see that sun rising in its strength, never to set again. So there's a bright future coming up for the human race. And I want to tell you a little bit. uh, Those of you who are here in the room can't see this. I'll ask Scott to put the graphic up on the, on the, on the, the computer for a little bit for the people who are watching this at home. It's just an image of the album cover It's called Clear Shining After Rain. And the whole album is very much about the second coming. It's about the process that the individual goes through. The way I've described it is this. This debut, all original gospel album, has pieces in a wide variety of styles to depict a journey of the spirit from inner longing through despair to a new joy and vision of a bright future. Uh, that's what the album is all about. And it's about that for the individual, this sort of arc that you go through. It's also for the whole human race and this vision that the whole human race is going to be a little messy in the short run, but it's going to be great. You know, the world is going to be a great place to be in the future. It's predicted in Isaiah that of the increase of the Lord's government and peace, there should be no end. In other words, it'll keep increasing in peace and, and presence of the Lord. And so, this album wants to celebrate that. It's sort of this Bible study is a lot of words. It's kind of the music that goes with the words, a little taste of it. <laughs> For those of you who are online, if you want to check it out, I can't play you anything right now. I don't know technologically how to do that. But uh, if you go to C, this letter C, the letter D, CDBaby.com, you can listen to pieces of it. You can download the whole album for eight bucks or buy a physical copy for 12. You get the lyrics and everything that are in there. Uh, So I recommend that to your attention, good friends. I'm hoping to be able to get a tab on the Facebook page of this Spirit and Life Bible Study. So you can just click on there and you'll see the information and how to get it and stuff like that. We're just getting going. We only launched it on Saturday the 21st. So that's um, really good fun. And thank you, friends, for listening to all that. uh, I, I've been so encouraged myself uh, with these Bible studies uh, to know that there's a bright future coming. Ahead. You, you could be excused for not thinking that, you know. You could be excused for thinking that all heck is breaking loose constantly and it's just getting worse and worse and going downhill. But Scripture says, and I believe the Lord is in all time apart from time, in all space apart from space, he already knew how the story was going to turn out when he wrote that stuff thousands of years ago. That's why all those writers got all that stuff so aligned because the Lord was with them saying, say rain, say, say sun, you know, say the earth, you know, have a tender grass, you know, put in a cloud. Okay, that's great. And, and working with them, uh, it, it's all uh, the Lord was inspiring all those different people to give this message of hope. Uh, we haven't hit the great hope yet. But part of what's exciting to me, I think a lot of people think of Christianity as something that got launched 2,000 years ago. Now it's sort of heavily politicized and there's a lot of hypocrisy. And there's a lot of great, great people doing wonderful things and so on. But it's not all staggeringly wonderful. And um, uh, I'm excited by the thought that the best has yet to come. We're not even started this thing yet, you know? The best has yet to come. The sun hasn't even risen yet, not even once. You know, uh, the sun has yet to come up. Uh, so let's start repenting and reading. Get let that rain soak in and, and do something with the hopes that maybe we can produce a little little grass. I hope my album is a little tender grass for you. That there's something you can nibble on in there that'll be good for your good for your spirit. They're all based on the on the Bible and all the lyrics are in there and everything. So. Thank you, good friends, for your very kind attention and support. Let's close with a prayer. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank you for your presence with us now and as we go forward in our lives. We desperately need to know about this bright future, because we can't always see it, we can't always hear it on the news, Lord. We don't always see it; it's not broadcast a whole lot on the TV or in movies or wherever. Not knocking those things, but uh, and yet, we see in the pages of your Scripture that you say that you're coming. You shall be like the light of the morning. The sun rises, a morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. We pray for that, Lord. You tell us to pray that you come with light into this world. We wish to see that glory. We understand over all the glory there's a covering. Pull the covering back, Lord. Let us see the glory. Let us feel it. Let us help each other, encourage each other to go through this life and to be a blessing, to roll into heaven and be a blessing to people there. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this world. You're a mighty God. It's amazing that you wait to be invited. We invite you, Lord, to come into this world more powerfully. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let's keep on repenting, friends, so we can become grassier.